Hey, I'm Daddy, and this is Daddy as Fuck, a throw-it-all-at-me discussion about poly, kink, DDLG, and BDSM, with an emphasis on power exchange through the eyes of a soft DDLG dynamic. You'll hear stories, opinions, and perspectives as we journey through an alternative way of life, what has worked, what hasn't, and thoughts about how to manage choices on a path less taken. So thanks for joining us today, and let's get going down the bunny hole. Hey, it's Daddy, and this is Daddy as Fuck. We're going to take a journey through the BDSM dynamic, from kink activities like rope, impact, and pain, to power exchange between masters, slaves, dominants, submissives, daddies, littles, and everything in between. With a focus on kink and power exchange and an introspective eye, let's dare ask the question, why? Why do we do it? What puts the BD in your S&M? So if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email me at daddy underscore af at comcast.net. You may or may not have noticed that there has been a break in the timing of the release of my episodes, and I have been focused on other areas and other projects of my daddy life. So um, also haven't been getting a lot of feedback, so I figured I would just go at the pace that works for me. But if there are any questions or comments or suggestions out there, anything that you'd like to hear about or like to hear me talk about, and you forward it along, I'll crank out another episode for you. But until then, I'm just going to float along at the pace of daddy life. So let's get on down the bunny hole. What is dynamic? Well, I'm going to back up a step and define a little bit more from a community perspective using very familiar terms, terms that are generalized and pretty well known across the kink scene. And this is uh, an excerpt from The Ultimate Guide to Kink, edited by Tristan Termino. It's, um, it's a very interesting work, and it's written by a lot of well-known, um, quote-unquote, players, well-known um, people in the kink community. So it starts off as... Um, this particular section under terminology and lingo. BDSM is an acronym and an umbrella term that was first used in the late 80s and early 90s in internet discussion groups, including one of the early news groups, SOC.subculture, bondage-BDSM. It did not become the umbrella term of choice until the 2000s. BDSM is a combination of several shorter acronyms that reflect the history of our kinky vocabulary and the wide variety of practices that it incorporates. B and D, or B slash D, stands for bondage and discipline. It's an older term that first appeared in personals and magazines in the 1970s and became widely used by kinky folks in the 80s to describe their interest in kink. It wasn't necessarily meant to denote only bondage and discipline, but rather a range of activities that revolved around power exchange. Today, B and D is much less frequently used as a term on its own. S&M, also S&M or S slash M or big S slash little m, is the common abbreviation for sadism and masochism, or sadomasochism. 
These terms were coined by Richard von Kraft Ebbing in 1886 and have appeared frequently since then in psychoanalytical literature to describe sexual pathologies. However, kinky people reclaimed them beginning around the 1970s, and S-M was the most popular term until BDSM gained widespread use by the 2000s. Embedded in the acronym BDSM is D-S, capital D slash lowercase s, which represents dominance and submission, or dominant submissive. These terms have been around for a long time. People began using them in the context of kink in the 1980s to describe the power dynamic within a scene or a relationship. People used D slash S to reflect the power exchange in SM activities or to communicate their interest in roles like master-slave or daddy-boy, for example. Today, big D slash little s is most often used to denote relationships that are built around dominant-submissive power dynamic where power exchange is always or very often present and may exist without elements of BDSM. In those DS relationships, where the power exchange is always present, Partners inhabit their roles and reinforce the dynamic through various rituals, protocols, and behaviors all of the time. These relationships may be referred to as 24-7 DS, as in 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Lifestyle DS, TPE, or Total Power Exchange, or APE, Absolute Power Exchange. BDSM can be used as a noun, I'm interested in BDSM, or an adjective, I went to a BDSM event. Some people use other terms interchangeably with their BDSM, including S&M, kink, and leather. The use of the word leather, as in I'm part of the local leather community, originated in post-World War II gay male biker clubs and bars and continued in leather bars and sex clubs from the late 50s all the way through to the 2000s. Leather is still used today, especially by gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer folks to signify kinky interests, identities, and communities. So as far as kink itself, people do BDSM for the same wide variety of reasons people have sex, including for pleasure and connection. Just as some people love oral sex and others love sex in the woods, some love BDSM. Plenty of folks have told me they believe it's just how they're wired. I've heard countless stories of the first time a lover held her down, the first time a woman put a collar on him, the first time she got spanked. Many experienced a visceral reaction to these experiences before they had the language to describe what they were doing or knew there were other people out there doing similar things. For some, BDSM does not have to focus on or even involve genital stimulation to be pleasurable and even orgasmic. For others, a good flogging and a good fucking is the perfect combination. BDSM enhances the sexual experience in those cases and for those people. Well, what is dynamic to me, at least? Dynamic to me is connection. It's a supreme form of communication through ideally some form or measure of perfect trust where each person can set aside everything else in the world except for the two of them in that moment for that time such that they are communicating as their true selves which will allow a dynamic to unfold through that communication because you're truly getting to know somebody without any barriers without any walls and now you are engaging with them on a physical or mental or emotional or all three levels and when you add to that the general milieu of the BDSM kink scene, you can add in activities such as 
rope or knife play or impact play or role play and those kind of activities when taking place in this um, in this environment of trust and void of vulnerability where you have a pure exchange between the two individuals, those activities can enhance the dynamic. They can bring out aspects of the personalities of the two people. Let's just assume it's two people that are engaged such that they start relating to one another in new ways and they start to learn about themselves and they start to learn about each other and a dynamic unfolds on how you actually relate in that level. And, you know, dynamic is not unique to BDSM relationships or the kink scene. Dynamic happens everywhere. You know, you have a, you have a dynamic with the cashier at the grocery store. You know, you have a, you have a dynamic with your coworkers. You have a dynamic, you have a family dynamic, you know, dynamic is pretty much what's happening, how things function, what are the mechanisms of this relationship. But when I talk about dynamic in the context of my relationship, especially my power exchange relationship, my DS relationship with baby girl, I talk about dynamic as the connection that we have such that we are able to be truly vulnerable with one another that sets up an environment of perfect trust through which we can communicate and explore on levels that just don't happen with the grocery store clerk or at the Thanksgiving dinner table and if it does hey <laughs> good for you but what is dynamic to you is it 24 7 always on your mind or is it in the bedroom or the dungeon only and what parts of your personality are highlighted by the kink that you explore now that's an interesting question what parts of my personality are highlighted by the kink that i explore well my dominant side comes out right my caring nurturing side comes out i want to hurt you because i care and then i want to take care of you afterwards and explore together and talk about what was revealed in those moments where i hurt you and then i cared for you what was on your mind what were you working through what were you giving up when you walked into that scene? What were you letting go of in your life that I was able to remove from your shoulders and put you in a different place, a different state of mind, such that when you came to, you were back in my arms in a warm, loving embrace, and you can open your eyes to the world again from that little nest of vulnerability and safety and comfort and warmth having just experienced letting go of what you brought in to the space. I've removed that mantle, that dark mantle from your shoulders. And now, how do you see the world? So yeah, that will definitely open up eyes to different aspects of our personalities as we get underneath the things that we carry with us every day and we start to explore as our true selves with somebody else as their true selves underneath that mantle of the everyday. There's parts of your personality that you don't exercise up on the surface in the vanilla world, for sure. And that's why people who strive for 24-7 have found things about themselves and about the world and how they relate to the world that they want to prioritize. They want front and center. They want 
to live their life that way because it fucking feels good to live in a place of comfort and safety and warmth with integrity and trust. That feels good. And I've known a lot of 24-7, and I am 24-7 minded. As a matter of fact, baby girl and I maintain as best we can um, living apart a 24-7 type of dynamic. Um, You know, we're always engaged as daddy and baby girl, even when we're talking about work or talking about family or just venting, you know, after a hard day. But that dynamic is always there. And... I think what happens is people find parts of their personality, as I can speak for myself at least, that, that, that they like so, so much that life outside of their kink world, outside of BDSM, starts to feel like it's holding us back. And so then we reach for incorporating more of that into our day-to-day So that was a a long exploration of the question, what parts of your personality are highlighted by the kink you explore? (laughs) I guess I had a pretty big answer to that one. So if you're just starting out, right, welcome. And I would ask, what do you hope to find exploring dynamics? Certainly, if you've listened to my podcast and you probably listened to me talk just a few minutes ago, you're hearing things just dripping from my lips into the microphone. And they may sound really fucking intriguing. And you might say, damn, I hope to find some version of that that works for me. There's a lot to find out there. But what do you hope to find? You know, what what, what are you looking for? I just want to try getting flogged. Okay. Why? Why does that interest you? What are you hoping to get out of it? I mean, you just want to try it. I just want to feel that leather, buffalo, deer skin, cow skin, vinyl, whack my ass at a high rate of speed to thumping music. Um, all right, go for it. Cool. But why? Why does that intrigue you? there's something there. What part of your personality is highlighted by the kink you're curious about? Hmm? So another question, if you're new to the scene, is it more um, interesting ways to have sex? Is that what you're looking for? More interesting ways to have sex. I mean, that's great. If you look at the sex toy industry, they're always coming up with new and interesting ways to have sex. And in the past years of late, ever since Shades of Grey and, and probably before, kink started to work its way into the sex toy scene, you know, and um, always pushing the edges. It is the sex industry, after all. So if it's new and more interesting ways to have sex that brings you to the BDSM scene and is a dynamic that you are interested in, then, oh boy, oh boy, is there a lot to explore. So that's good. Um, So I would ask, are you looking for something that you feel is missing in your life? That's fucking deep. That's fucking deep because I'll tell you, um, (laughs) you know, baby girl was, baby girl was well into her life's journey, as was I the night we met when she found what she's been looking for since she was four years old and I was able to finally connect the dots with who I have truly been since I was about five years old. And neither of us realized that until we met each other and explored our dynamic. When we let the walls down, even just enough, 
to let another person in, in a little bit of an unconventional, non-vanilla way, just to explore, and we see something. We see something that we want to explore even more. So we keep letting those walls down, and we keep exploring, and we keep letting those walls down. We keep seeing things we want to explore, so we keep letting those walls down, and we keep exploring. Dynamic. Dynamic. So if you're looking for something that you feel is missing in your life, what is it? And good for fucking you for knowing that answer. And by the way, that might just be what you think it is, and it's probably going to end up being something completely different. But that's the best part about the journey. Because shit, I didn't know what did I feel was missing in my life when I was when I was getting into the kinky scene, Uh, the kinky scene, because I discovered something and I didn't know what it was. I just liked it and I wanted to do more of it. So I had no idea I was missing anything until I found it. And I was like, holy shit, this is what I've been missing. But I didn't know how big it was until I discovered that there was actually a BDSM community. And then I realized, holy shit. I've been missing a lot, but you don't know what you don't know. So if you can't answer that question, that's okay. I couldn't. I had no idea. As a matter of fact, I'm going to find out a little bit later on in the podcast how I, I like turned my I like turned my back. I thumbed my nose at the kink scene. Um, shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Shit, just did. Um, are you curious about pain? Now that's a good one. Are you curious about pain? I have always been turned off by pain. I did not want to hurt my partner. And then I got into kink and I was like, wait a minute. They liked it when I smacked them hard. How hard can I smack them that they'll still like it? And of course, that leads to other things like pinching and biting. And then you start to learn about a lot of other things like knives and razors and needles and clamps. And so anyway, (laughs) Yeah, no, I wasn't curious about pain at all. Like, you know, until I met somebody who just liked to be hit harder than I've ever had a partner let me hit them without complaining that it hurt. And then they seemed to like it. And then I realized that, shit, I I really do like pain. But there was a limit to how much pain. Like, I didn't want to hurt somebody if it made them cry. You know, I just wanted, I, I would hurt somebody because they liked it. And I would push their edge, make them scream and squeal a little bit. But I would always stop at the point that they weren't enjoying it, you know. And then I I had a play partner earlier this year before I met Baby Girl that pretty much said to me, um, by the way, if I break down crying and am bawling my eyes out, don't fucking stop because you have taken me to the exact place that I wanted to go. So please keep going and then just take care of me afterwards. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Can you say that again? Um, you want me to hurt you that bad? And then I um, didn't really get to explore too much with that. But then when I met Baby Girl, we started to explore along those lines, too. We were both intrigued by it. And um, ah, it's been a wonderful journey. So if you're not curious about pain and pain completely turns you off, refer to my last podcast when I said never was six months away. <laughs> Are you, next question, are you looking to explore your emotional and mental boundaries? (laughs) If somebody asked me that, I would have said, fuck no, I don't need any more drama in my life. Dude, I just want to have some fun. But honest to gods, yes. Yes. 
exploring emotional and mental boundaries, it's just like, oh my God, when you're in that place of DS and you're creating that environment of, of trust, right? You, you just, after you're sitting there a while in that safe, warm, comfy space with your partner and you're both staring at each other is like true individuals, like this is me, this is me. And it might not be the me that, you know, I am going to be on Tuesday when I get out of work. No, but I can guarantee you that on Tuesday when I got out of work, I'm, I'm going to wish I was being this me, <laughs> which is why I prefer 24-7 because it brings the, maj- the, the uh, maximum amount of that energy into my life as possible. Um, but anyway, I digress. You know, when you're in that place, right, of comfort and warmth and safety, security, vulnerability and trust, you want to do something. It's like being in a cabin in the woods and it's gently snowing outside and the breeze is blowing and the fire is warm and, and the, the, the blanket's cozy and the lights are out and you're sitting there in candlelight and you're like, huh, here we are. What do you want to do? That's kind of what it's like being in a dynamic when it runs deep, especially when you get down there, you're like, wow, okay, let's explore. Let's push some boundaries. Let's talk about emotions. Let's talk about thoughts. Let's deconstruct. We'll talk about that in a future episode. So are you looking to explore your emotional and mental boundaries? Some people get into kink because they specifically have some emotions or some thoughts or some feelings to work out. Baby girl and I have definitely seen that. As a matter of fact, um, one of our next podcasts that we do together is going to be about how, when I saw her three weeks ago, um, she just completely broke down in my arms and we were kind of hovering on the edge of dynamic. You know, we shook off the world and we were just kind of getting that daddy baby girl place and she just kind of melted into me and I was just talking her through, um, you know, what was on her mind and she just completely like broke down and we, we went to a very, very, very deep, deep place. You know, it's like the emotional and mental boundaries that we were used to having, you know, uh, the ones that would not constrain our, the ones that would frame our conversations just moved out like five or 10 miles (laughs) from where we were used to they, from where we were used to them being and all of a sudden, we were just standing there in this huge, vast space, staring up at the stars in each other's eyes going, what the fuck just happened? So we'll talk about that together. So that's, you know, exploring emotional and mental boundaries, because when you get down into that cozy, safe space, you are going to want to find, hey, I kind of would like to do a puzzle. <laughs> I kind of do want to puzzle out my feelings and my mental boundaries and my mental thought. Where are those anyway? I mean, if we trust each other that much and, and I know how much I can cut you with a knife before you really can't take it. And I know how much to smack your ass before it bruises. Can, can we do that with the brain and the heart too? Yeah. (laughs) Sadistic. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not when it comes to the brain and the heart. Well, maybe the brain mind fucks are good, but only if they're consensual, but never with the heart. Um, not for me. Next question. Do you have no fucking idea and just want to try almost everything to see what you discover about yourself? Yes. 
Good answer. Shit, even I can answer that with a fuck yeah. So anyway, that's dynamic. And those are some questions about what is dynamic to you? All right. Why do we do it? Why? Okay, daddy's first exposure. So my last wife, second wife, um, she and I did a lot of clubbing and we started out partying pretty hard. And we used to go to this club um, in Boston. And they were like an all genres club, you know, and anything, anything and everything that's in the kink scene today as it's celebrated um, was you'd find all aspects of the community at that represented at that club. And it was absolutely amazing. Total full acceptance. And this was back like 1999, 2000, no, 2000, 2002, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and that, that club had been there for probably 20 years before we found it, which is fucking mind blowing. But anyway, evolution, right? So we like to go to this club and it was like every Friday night and they had this little dungeon off in the corner and had the spanking bench and the rack and, you know, floggers hanging off of it and, you know, whips and cuffs and some coils of rope and, you know, some other uh, paddles and just some other interesting, I think they had some manacles hanging from the ceiling and probably like a stock, you know, like your medieval stocks. And it was like for show, it was ambiance. But every once in a while, you'd, you'd see somebody go in there and, and use it, you know, and people would really wouldn't pay too much attention. And I wasn't aware of what was happening at the time because, you know, obviously now I realize that, you, you know, you, that you couldn't you couldn't have that. That couldn't happen. You couldn't be you couldn't play like that in public, you know, especially in Boston at that time. And um, so people would go and do it for you know, 15, 20, 30 seconds. And then other people would kind of watch, but not watch because they didn't want to call attention to it. It was really cool. There was a vibe in that place. There was that whole club had a fucking dynamic. When you walked in there, it's like you walked into the throat of the demon and you partied in its stomach. You were all in there together. It was like all you were in the experience together you walked in that room and it was like one heartbeat it's like everybody's here it's like yeah man we are at this club tonight so that club closed <laughs> after 25 something years they sold the property for condos and um well it didn't die it moved to another location in boston and I, you know, my ex-wife and I went, we're like, yeah, let's go. So we went and, um, there was a bar upstairs and it was really crowded downstairs. So we went upstairs and, um, we, we noticed that it was very different. It was, um, very sparsely, uh, decorated with various odd pieces of furniture, um, <laughs> with a lot of things hanging off of them that looked very ingenious and inventive. And so we saddled up to the bar and like, Okay, I think this is a dungeon. Um, I think these are all like toys of torture and implements of like ass destruction. <laughs> so we sat at the bar, we had a drink, and uh, all of a sudden you just heard and a scream off in the corner and a scream. And it's like, 
blood-curdling scream, and it's just, it's not stopping, as a matter of fact, it's getting faster and hotter, and we were sitting there, and our shoulders kept rising, and we're drinking our drinks, and our eyes were fixed straight ahead, as if all of a sudden we were expecting somebody to come tap us on a shoulder, strap us to one of those things, and we were next. We didn't know what the fuck. So we, like, finished our drinks and left. And that was my first real visit to a play space. It was about a year later. We were at another club and um, someone invited us back to an after party and we were with friends and someone's friend knew a friend. So we went, hey, whatever, you know, late 20s and um, just partying. So we went and we're sitting in the living room drinking and there was just people all around, people in the kitchen, people in the bedrooms, just, you know, holding drinks and talking and, so, and whatnot. And some some girl comes out of the kitchen completely topless and out comes somebody behind her in these like pants with the the pockets and the chains the rave pants you know hey i'm not knocking them i had a couple pair um with a flogger and he's topless and they go in the bedroom and they leave the door open and it's and and he's he starts flogging her on the back and it's just like whoa everybody's watching and she was loving it and she made this like presentment out of it like hey you know so and so is gonna flog me if anybody wants to try it it's cool yeah um, but um we're just gonna go in the bedroom so don't freak out and they just like put on a little display and I was like sitting there and with my ex-wife and we were having a drink and talking to our friends and this was just like happening and it was so relaxed and she was really enjoying it and yeah you know she screamed a couple times but you know they were talking and there was a dynamic present and you could pick up on that and I was just like that was okay now that intrigued me that intrigued me because I saw something there that was familiar communication right so then it was several years later, um, probably eight, nine years later, and my ex and I were down at Hedonism, and we decided to ask a friend to come. He had been a friend of ours for a couple of years, and he was dating another friend of ours that we had known for a few years before, before she met him. So he, he was... He was a close friend, so we invited him down, and you know we had partied with them before. They had gone to that club with us before. We had you know, gone out many, many, many times with them before. We've had same room sex with them before and talked about, you know, you know, play and, and, and whatnot before with them. Um, cause you know, of course my ex-wife and I kind of advanced a little bit. We never played, we never had any kink in our relationship, but we always had the curiosity, right? So what drove me to get into kink after my first exposure was, was connection. Like I noticed something was there and then the strangest thing happened. So we invited that guy to come down to Hito with us. And, you know, he's a friend. And all at the same time, he is a was it's just a, he's a huge dominant. Like he is. I wanted to submit to him, not literally, but I, I knew that this guy had something and I liked it and I didn't know what it was, but I liked it. So we spent a lot of time talking that week. And quite honestly, we all kind of talked about having a threesome and, you know, we talked about it a lot and we decided one night to just go back to the room and start messing around. But it wasn't sexual at first. It was power exchange. He's, you know, he said, OK, you know, I'm going to he said to me, I'm going to tell you what to do 
and I'm going to tell her what to do and I'm going to walk us through this. So, you know, he's like, go over there and grab that rope. And, and he, he told her, go lay down on that bed, take your top off and lay down on the bed. And he said, you know, he told me, now I want you to do X, Y, and Z to her. Tell her this, do this to her. And she took on a completely different persona, you know, because she was submitting. And she and I didn't have that dynamic. So I saw her submit and I was like, something else is, wow, there's something going on here. Then I started to, because he was coaching me to be dominant, I started to feel, as I was doing what he said, I started to feel her reaction to my being that way. So then I started to just do it. You know, he didn't have to tell me what to do anymore. And by the end of it, we were both coming, we, we were both telling each other what to do. I was like, here, hold this, I, you know, and then I would do something or say something. And, you know, and so we ended up co-topping her by the end of the night. And that was my first exposure to like what there is available through doing BDSM. And he kind of held our hands through it and it was really cool. Um, so that was eye-opening. Um, I think my ex-wife and I tried to explore that sexually with each other for a couple of times, but she just couldn't get down with submitting to me. We didn't have that kind of relationship. She didn't want to give up that kind of power and control and our dynamic just didn't support it. But every relationship is different and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's bad or good. Um, it either works for us or it, or it doesn't. <laughs> but that was my first exposure to dynamic and my first glimpse at why I would want to do it. When I, uh, my ex-wife and I went on and we met that couple that I became um, a dominant of the girl, she was my submissive for four years, we started meeting people in the community together, she and I, and really started to explore. Um, she wanted that thing that I discovered in that threesome with my ex-wife. She wanted that thing from me that my wife did not want to experience with me. So I get to experience it with my, my, um, my ex-submissive. And when we started meeting people of like mind, it sparked a whole other way of relating to one another, you know, because then we started to talk to other people about it and what was available and how they did their kink and how they got into it and what they found. So we started to explore our, our thoughts about it. And um, we started to discover, you know, new ways to experiment and interact. And, and when that relationship ended, I really missed kink because, you know, I was, I was single for a good year there. And I was like really missing that side of myself. You know, I had, I had tucked it away. I had thrown all my shit away when I got divorced and I was going to move to the country and, you know, just kind of accept a, a new way of life. But um, as the, as time wore on that, that, why do we do it kind of came back around to me. And I was just like, I got to find that energy. I want to find that energy, but I had no idea, you know, what, what was even available to me. I didn't barely even know who I was until I met baby girl. And, um, you know, I had a few play partners between, you know, my time just reflecting inside myself and starting to date again. And um, by then, I, you know, I kind of knew what I was looking for. And uh, as soon as I met baby girl, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, this 
this is okay. I want to keep, I want to keep, uh, revisiting this. I think I see something here. I like every time I spent time with her, I saw something more that I liked and the dynamic just started to grow and build and we just like off and running. Right. And, um, you know, we've just been exploring our minds and our bodies and our whole relationship and our emotions together. There's just so much communication. Um, so I realized that through these relationships, through this dynamic, that one of the reasons that I do it is because it creates a whole other way of relating to one another. Um, I can explore my mind and her mind and our bodies and our relationship and our emotions. You know, we're creating, we're constructing, we're, ta- we're talking. We're not just along for the ride. I'm not just, you know, she's not just my girlfriend. I'm not just her boyfriend and we're doing boyfriend-girlfriend things. We're doing the poly thing, you know. It's not, it's not just that. You know, dynamic opens up a whole world for us to explore our bodies, our relationships, our minds, our emotions through not just kink and BDSM, but our 24 seven dynamic, our precious dynamic that's built on communication. Whole new ways of interacting open up when I'm in a dynamic, you know, things that aren't available to me in everyday life because there is no like space of perfect security and trust that can open up and drop the vulnerabilities. You know, you have to keep some measure of shields up when you're dealing with your family and dealing with friends and dealing with the outside world and whatnot. You know, um, we are that person, you know, I mean, we're always us, but there's facades, right? You know, there's the work persona and there's the sun persona and there's the volunteer persona Well, I don't fucking have a dominant persona. I don't have a daddy persona. I am a fucking daddy. And that's why I do it. Because it allows me to be me. Dynamic allows me to be me. So many more tools become available to conduct our relationships, to live my life, to make choices, to be who I really am and live in that place. That's why I do dynamic. Because... I get to spend a whole lot more time being who I really am. And I get the joy of sharing that time with another person who is so dear and special to me because they are allowing me to know them as who they really are. And as much as we can carry that over into our daily lives, it's just makes it even all the more precious. So why do we do it? Mm. Sounds like a pretty good reason to me. So what's behind the orders? What's behind the impact? What's behind the orders that we give that the dominant issues? What's behind the rope? What's behind the protocol? Why do we need those needles and those razor blades? Is it control? I want to give up control. You want to take control? Just tie me up and use me. I don't want to think. I want to trust that you know me and that you'll take me where I need to go. 
because I just need to be fucking hit because I just need to be beat. I just want to give up all responsibility. I don't want to make any choices. Please just take me and use me and make me yours. I don't want control. But I do. I want to fucking use you. I want to grab you and see you jump. I want to spin you around and push you up against the wall with my hand on your neck, grab your wrist, slam it into the door jam, and have you melt in front of me. I want to take you into the bedroom and throw you down. Wrap you in a coil of rope and tie you to the ceiling. Bend you in awkward positions until you're screaming and about to break and then smack your ass with a cane that will leave a mark that you'll send me a picture of in three days. Control. Or is it release? Is it that smack on the bare hand as it bounces off her ass? Is it that finger Buried in her dripping pussy as you rain hit upon hit to her thighs and her ass as she bucks and squirms against the tide of pain and pleasure. Is it the release that she's feeling or he's feeling through that sexual contact at the same time that you're Inflicting purposeful, intentional pain? Is it the moment the nipple pops out of my teeth, red and blistering with the blood racing to the surface to answer the call of my hungry lips pulling and tugging? Is it the claw marks down my back? Is it the sheets stained with what's left of ours rolling together and exploring with rope and cuffs and knives and canes and crops strewn all about the pillows and the blankets? Is it laying in a puddle together after a heavy flogging or after a heavy fuck where your back is covered with red scratches, marks, welts, and burgeoning bruises. And you lay in my arms, happy, peaceful, content, and neither of us wants to move from this place. Release. Release of the physical, release of the mental, and release of the emotional into nothingness. And in that nothingness, there is everything. Is it experimentation? Is it trying new things? Is it wondering if I come inside of you and then insert this giant butt plug if you'll be able to stand up and walk around without my cum dripping out of you. And then what happens when we pull it out? Is it 
how far I can push you with this blade until either you beg me to stop or you plead. Is it asking you to dress up in an outfit from Dukes of Hazard and coming over as a 19-year-old virgin to your uncle's house where he can extort you to take photos of you as porn and then fuck you for the first time because you're still a virgin. Role play, experimentation. Experimentation. I mean, where else do we get to do that, right? Do you know how hard it is for couples to like admit that they want to try? Oh, I don't know, anal. Um, I mean, experimentation. I remember in my vanilla relationships was virtually taboo. Or I, I could barely muster the fucking trust in my partner to, to say what I wanted without fear of being embarrassed or having them look at me and go, what are you, out of your fucking mind? What's wrong with you, you sicko? Well, you know, that kind of doesn't happen very often in the kink scene. <laughs> because there's respect, you know? Don't kink shame. Don't kink shame. If somebody likes to have their toes in the middle of that cream pie, then... They should have their toes in the middle of that cream pie. There's no kink shaming. Whatever gets us to that safe, comfortable, warm space, you know, once we're there in that safe, comfortable, warm space, we all kind of want to just be ourselves. <laughs> and if that's having my balls stepped on by someone in a set of high heels, well, red fire ants walk all over my naked nuts, then that's what I'm going to do. And um, I didn't do that, but my ex wife had the pleasure of that being her first scene um somebody instructed her through it and i was just watching while this happened uh this was down at hito at a kink a special kink event and we had known these people for like five or six days already so we were starting to like hey do you want to play but you know you don't don't worry you don't have to do what you don't want to do but i'll just like ask you to do things and if you want to try them you can try them um, that's where I had chopsticks put on my tongue for the first time. And oh my God, that fucking hurt, but it was awesome. Um, you know, a little give up control, a little take control, a little pain. It's a rush. But this guy wanted her to step on her balls with high heels on while fire ants walked all over his nuts and, and we did it and we had a fucking blast. I mean, experimentation <laughs> was, it was awesome. Um, what else is behind the impact, the orders, the rope, the protocol. Resolving anxiety, stress, and other feelings that only seem to melt away best when you let go into dynamic. It's coming over after a very, very hard week and barely getting your coat on the coat hanger before you just drop to my knees and just wrap your arms around me. And bury your face into my thighs and just hold yourself there, knowing that I'm standing over you with a hand on your shoulder and a hand stroking your hair, just telling you how special, just telling you how special and loved and cared for you are and wanting to hear everything about what 
things between you and me right now? What anxiety, what stress, what, what other feelings are between us? Because I want, I want to peel those off and set them aside. And we can look at them later with maybe a different frame of view, right? But I want to peel those off of you and, and I want to set them aside. And Don't worry, I'll keep them safe for you. But we need to get them off of you so that you can be you. Because that's my promise. That's, that's our gift. That's our dynamic. We create a safe space for each other. Just as you trust me to take care of you. I trust you to help me. And that brings me to what else is behind the dynamic and the things that we do. What's the dynamic? I should say, let me rephrase that. What else is behind the kinky things we do? What's in that dynamic? How about the experience of trust, communication, and partnership? Through the partnership of coming together and making an active choice, a consensual choice to do these things together and communicating about them and communicating about yourself and your wants, needs, and desires and fears. Got to communicate about those fears and insecurities every fucking time. Don't care how awkward it is when it comes up, you got to communicate those fears and insecurities because I'm telling you, if you're with a partner who doesn't want to hear them, you're with the partner that's probably going to be um, one that creates challenges for you. And those might be the exact challenges you need. You know, you might need to confront your fears and insecurities. So I'm, I'm not, it's not a judgment call. It's not a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying that when you're in a place where you and your partner can communicate about everything and be vulnerable enough to talk about your fears and insecurities without fear of being judged, you know, you're, you're going to be straight. You're going to have a straight shot through to one another. But I've definitely been in relationships where that has not been the dynamic and I couldn't necessarily communicate my full vulnerable from a fully vulnerable place, but it taught me how to manage my emotions and thoughts in a different way. And there's nothing good or bad or right or wrong about that. They're just two different experiences. But like I said, what are you looking for? Because when you experience that place of perfect trust, doors will blow open You'll see aspects of yourself and of your partner that are new. You may or may not want to explore them. You may or may not feed off of one another through that dynamic. But as I've said time and time again, there is no right or wrong way. There is just intentionality. Being intentional. Being intentional about what you do and why you're doing it. And that there is a glimpse of what's behind all of the kinky stuff I do. So, how do we know it's working for us? That is an excellent question. How do we know dynamic is working for us? Well, um, from my perspective... When it reframes our experiences of relationships and or partnerships. Yeah. So my experience of relationships. Well, I was divorced twice and I dated a bunch of play partners and I've had other polyamorous relationships over the last 27, 28 years 
and I ex- had a certain experience of those relationships. And then I met Baby Girl, and our dynamic was, is, well, I say was because in past tense, it surprised me when I found it. So at that moment, it was intense, and it is still incredibly intense. As I said earlier in this podcast, three weeks ago, we just had a mind-blowing experience, and it's been 10 months of journey together. And just in a lot of ways, it feels like we've been walking across the, 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 the points, the tips of like 10 months worth of icebergs. And you're like, oh, that's, a, that's awesome. We'll come back to that one later. Oh, hey, daddy, look over here. Look what I found. Ooh, yeah, let's try that one. Oh, cool. I like this one. Okay, let's, let's hop on to this other thing I see over here. And I just feel like it's been such a fucking journey that it, with nothing but a wide open road ahead. And that's a completely different experience of relationships and partnerships for me. Our dynamic has completely reframed my view, my experience of relationships to the point where I know I'm a daddy. And I know that with that, I can never have a relationship ever again that doesn't have some form, function, or element of this DDLG feeling, this nurturing sense of I want to take care of you, I want to nurture you, I want to protect you, I want to keep you safe, and you need me to protect you and nurture you and keep you safe, and and that complete appreciation for each other's main central drive and desire is mutual. That's, That's what I would need going forward for the rest of my life. Talk about a reframe. So I think that's how I know this dynamic, this DDLG dynamic, and particularly what I have with baby girl, most especially, that's how I know it's working for us. So when you think about your experience of dynamics and the relationships or situations that you've happened upon it and, and how it hit you, did it? reframe your experiences of relationships in any way? What did you discover about yourself that might have been possible through a certain type of relationship or a certain approach to having relationships? Um, Another way we may know it's working for us dynamic is uh, when it leads to new ways of looking at the world that feel freeing. This is something for me that is more of a feeling. Um... I feel a lot more comfortable in the world around me and in all of my relationships, just knowing my true nature. I feel a lot more confident interacting with family. Um, I'll flesh that out a little bit. What does that mean? So, you know, family is complicated sometimes, right? And if it isn't for you, good. I'm glad. And I also want to say, wait a minute, because it's inevitable. Very close relationships are going to get complicated sometimes. And it doesn't necessarily even have anything to do with conflict between the two people. Sometimes it's a storm you weather together, but things can get complicated sometimes. And with my family, that is definitely what happened. There was a lot of resentment when I came out as being Polly. And there was, there was a lot of resentment about the way she, they, my family treated my ex-wife. And 
it strained those relationships. And, um, you know, about a year ago, I was still kind of trying to figure out who I was as a newly single man back in the family fold. And I didn't like being folded back in. You know, I felt like I, I wanted to stand on my own two feet. And so I did, but it felt, it felt like I needed to constantly steady myself against the stemming tide of, you know, the pull back into the family fold. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go back in the family fold. I had enough of certain experiences that I had boundaries now and I did not want to be pulled over those boundaries. So when I met baby girl and we started to explore our relationship, I, I knew almost immediately was very quick into our relationship that I was a daddy. And then I saw what that meant to her as being my little girl and how we cared for each other and trusted each other and communicated. It gave me so much confidence knowing what I had with her. And then I started to find so much confidence in inside myself and started looking at the world in a way that made me feel like I didn't have to live up to its expectations anymore. That if I can step up and take responsibility for this other person's full, total, and complete well-being, then God damn it, I, I was going to get the respect I deserved from the rest of the world because that's what I deserve. And I wasn't going to stand for anything less. And if I wasn't finding it where I needed to find it, then I would make my choices and get what I needed there or somewhere else. Because now I know who I am and I know I'm not going to settle for less in my relationships romantically and intimately. So why the fuck should I settle for less in relationships that don't even feed me as much? You know, obviously we have to accept certain limitations and a certain measure of um, crap you know, from relationships with family and with at work and whatnot. You know, we don't have control over everything around us. But where we do have control, where I do have control, I'm exercising it. Because being in this dynamic has led to new ways of my looking at the world that feel very freeing. Freed me of the fucking pretense. Freed me of a sense of responsibility. I, I have a sense of responsibility to my sweet little girl, period. And myself, and to keep myself safe and happy, period. That is it. I owe anyone else around me in my life that I encounter, including my family, including my friends, about just as much as I want to give. And I don't mean to be harsh on family. Every family dynamic is different and I've been through shit with mine and I still love them a great deal and I'll be here to take care of them and put up with their shit sometimes but boundaries I have my boundaries have been pulled way in and if they're about to cross them then I go do what I need to do to keep myself safe and that way of looking at the world was only strengthened when I entered into this dynamic and began to develop this dynamic with my baby girl because I started to see things about myself and my choices in the world and my options. So it led to new ways of looking at the world that were freeing. And uh, another way that we know dynamic is working is when we feel our mind expanding 
taking joy in finding things out about ourselves that we never knew. And my favorite, of course, is watching other people find out things about themselves that they never knew. I mean, that's one of the things I've always said in, in one of my online profiles is that, you know, if for nothing else, the one thing I will always enjoy about the kink scene is watching people be who they really are and feeling safe enough in a, in a place to do that around others. And I just feel incredibly honored to be one of the people that gets to experience that and gets to create and help promote environments that allow people to be who they really, really are and see them for who they are and let them be seen and watch them be seen. I just am in awe when I'm in situations that I can witness people letting go. And every time baby girl falls into my arms, my heart just opens wide and I am in awe. I am when I'm, whenever I am with her, I am in a varied levels yet constant state of fucking awe that just being with me can affect her as much as being with her affects me. It's just this mutual exchange, this undertone, this vibration that sets our feet together in line and in lockstep with what we're experiencing. It's like you, we both looking at the world together and talking about it. You know, it's, um, it's beautiful to feel like you're on the same page with someone. And I think that's why I prefer 24 seven because I like to strive towards ideals. I like to strive towards quote unquote perfection. And it's funny that last night, uh, baby girl doesn't believe in perfection. You know, she doesn't believe in perfect as a concept. There's no such thing as perfect. And, you know, I believe perfect is like an allegory. You know, there's a true form of everything out there. You know, there's a perfect guitar player or a standard with by which to measure a perfect guitar player. But that's my point, I guess. I've always seen perfect as the standard that you measure something against. And recently I've realized that Perfect is something you experience that can only ever be measured against itself. And I was just like, wow. And that was last night we were texting and, and I was just like, yeah, I think that's definitely fits for me. I feel that's what perfect is. And I just feel like dynamic is to me. <sighs> A conscious effort to intentionally strive for creating an environment where you can have perfect trust and communication and compatibility and connection. I mean, don't always get it right. The meter's somewhere usually between 60 and 90%. <laughs> but occasionally, when it hits 100 Ooh, man, those will, um, those will stay burned in your brain forever. And I think we could all use more of those experiences, which is why I love watching people have those experiences. I love watching myself find out things about myself that I never knew. And baby girl getting to be that for me and me having the incredible privilege 
in this world, in this life, to be that for her and you for having the chance to be that for someone and give someone the gift of letting them be that for you. Something to think about. So what's next on Daddy As Fuck? Well, I commonly talk about what topic's coming next on Daddy As Fuck, but this time I'm trying something new. I'm going to surprise you. Not because I'm not sure what to talk about. I have a host of topics. More so because I like to talk about what's fresh and relevant in my life and in my journey. And I'm finding that between episodes, even when I was producing every two weeks, that that was shifting. So instead of force-feeding you a topic that doesn't resonate with me at the time of the recording, I'm going to keep it free-form for now. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, or there's something that you would like to hear, or a particular um, topic that you would like me to talk about from my life experience and perspective, then email me at daddy underscore af at comcast.net. That's about all for now. So thanks for joining me down the buddy hole.